With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, we are back to uh, look at all the action from uh, Week 11 in the NFL. And Dylan, uh, as we always do here on our recaps, uh, you know, sometimes we start off positive, sometimes we start off negative uh, based on how our picks went, uh, but uh, it was, let's just say this, the week started very crazy, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, in terms of the Week 11 games. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, uh, we we did pretty well with our picks this week, aside from a couple that we tried to talk ourselves into, but we just didn't uh, maybe uh, you know go go the full distance with some of them and picking a couple of these upsets. Yeah, we. I mean, for the most part, there were a lot of big favorites, so we, we won on those. But, I mean, two of those, uh, the Vikings and Niners, easily could have lost. So it might not have looked so good for a lot of people that were betting on those spreads or ourselves um mm-hmm. if it had gone the other way i know um also people aren't probably feeling too good about the end of the 49er game we when we recorded <laughs> the podcast the spread was 11 and a half i think by this time the game started some places it was nine and a half others 10 and then that last touchdown the cover was uh pretty nuts but yeah overall a uh, better we bounced back from a pretty mediocre week 10 in terms of our picks yeah we'll get to that 49ers cardinals game we did try to tell you folks that uh probably gonna be a closer game than people mm-hmm. thought but like you said it depends on probably uh what you got if you were someone that, that bet on that one uh all right well uh usually we really haven't done this for the most part uh because we as we always say we don't spend a lot of time on the thursday night game <laughs> because uh it's so far removed and people you know really aren't talking about it that much now well complete opposite here as everyone is still talking about the Thursday night game uh, from last week, which was, uh, of course, the Browns beating the Steelers 21-7. to um, It was an ugly game for the most part, but uh, as we all know, it got a bit uglier at the end uh, with the whole incident uh, with Miles Garrett uh, swinging his helmet, or swinging Mason Rudolph's helmet at Mason <laughs> Rudolph. 
and uh, and one of the craziest scenes uh, I guess we've ever seen. Uh, Dylan, normally I would sit here and tell you how right I was about the Browns getting back on track and, and me picking them to win. You picked the Steelers. Uh, but uh, I guess, unfortunately, uh, we have to sort of dive into just the uh, pure chaos that happened uh, at the end of that game. Yeah, it's hard to really think about football takeaways when you think about the end of that one. And even before that, I mean, the game itself was pretty ugly. There was a lot of, uh, you know, dirty hits, not necessarily uh, that unusual to what you see from a normal rivalry game, but still a chippy game, tons of penalties. It was going slow. It didn't really have any flow the whole time. So, uh, I mean, it all kind of boiled over, obviously, in that moment. Uh, In terms of takeaways, I mean, it's the kind of thing that, obviously made national news a lot of my friends will ask me about you know football stuff but i had like relatives and other people that don't usually contact me about the nfl that are uh, asking me questions this weekend when i saw them so it was definitely different um takeaways uh man it's i mean i I don't want to like you know it's it's tough to really put it into words in terms of the going into what Mason Rudolph did to kind of lead to the lead to the event. But uh, regardless of you know whether he grabbed a certain area of Miles Garrett and kind of was kicking, I mean, there's no excuse for swinging a helmet, no matter what how egregious whatever's happening to you is. So it's not I, I'm not shocked about the suspension. I kind of thought uh, the rest of the season would make sense. I know that's a ton of uh, you know it's almost half of miles garrett's salary there so i don't know what will be figured out in terms of money and and addition of fines and whatnot but uh there's really i mean i think the nfl both teams both players are really lucky that that didn't end up in uh, a very serious injury i mean if the if it hits him on a different part of the his head or a different part of the crown of the helmet maybe i mean he could have been knocked out cold could have been much more serious than what it ended up being so yeah. that's that's another that's one thing i couldn't help but think i mean everyone's talking about it right after but uh, the fact that mason rudolph wasn't seriously seriously injured was uh, at least one positive i guess yeah i i keep going back to that and, and you of course the, social media is not the place to be when you have events like this that happen because some of the reactions are just next level just, i don't even know how you mm-hmm. i don't even know how these reactions are even thought up in any person's head um but like you said one of the biggest things is everyone talking about mason rudolph's involvement and, and being the instigator and all this stuff well here's my thing mason rudolph didn't take his helmet off and hit miles garrett with his helmet um <laughs> before miles garrett hit him with his own helmet so yeah. to me i don't really see the matching of the the two parties uh in that case now i know a lot of people said well certainly you know probably not many people thought mason rudolph should have been suspended for the season or anything like that but but maybe there were people who thought he should have been suspended in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. whether for a game or two. Uh, I know Sheldon Richardson had his thoughts on that uh, today, which uh, we, we had the story up on that. There's just there's lots of different stuff. Like I said, it's uh, it's a very uh, complicated situation, but it's also one that, that maybe isn't complicated in a sense that the, the guy hit someone with a helmet. And <laughs> it's just, I, again, like you said, I don't care how bad the words were or how – uh, you know the the heart of the tug of whatever he did if he pulled mm-hmm. at his helmet or anything he didn't take miles garrett's helmet off and beat him with it and that's yeah. what we saw <laughs> on the flip side and so that that's all i say to, to the reactions of that 
Uh, it's just, again, that's just not something that should happen in any scenario. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. And, and, again, we're not sitting here talking about the Browns getting a win, uh, whereas, you know, on the last week's episode at this time, we're looking through playoff schedules and all mm-hmm. that and saying, you know, if they can get this win, uh, they've got a chance to, to make some, some ground here. And it's the same sort of with the Steelers. Uh, but we're sitting here talking about this incident. So we'll see. The Browns uh, are still a team that you're probably not going to look at and say, I completely trust them, honestly, based on this scenario that Mount play. I mean, because you don't know what to expect from a team mm-hmm. uh, that does things like this. And obviously, the Browns haven't, you know, swung helmets at people or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But penalty-wise, like, this is a team that's been oh, yeah. penalized so, so much. Man. Yeah, and we've talked about that. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bad situation, and... Um, I don't know. I don't know what you say else you say to it uh, other than the fact that the Browns get the Dolphins uh, coming up here and, like we said, have a chance to really reel off uh, a lot of wins in a row here and possibly be back uh, in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. All right, we remove ourselves from that and get to the more normal action uh, as we go into uh, the Cowboys and the Lions. The Cowboys get the win 35-27. to uh, it's a game we said the Cowboys had to win, and sure enough, uh, they did. Dak comes up with a huge game, 440 yards, 444 yards passing, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, um, big games like from the, the Cowboys offense, which we expected, and it was. It was a must win for the Cowboys. They got it, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest part of this whole thing. Yeah, the Cowboys still continue to, you know, we haven't seen them really beat a top-tier team. And here in Detroit, uh, I mean, my biggest takeaway watching a lot of this game was just how easily at times the Lions are moving the ball of Jeff Driscoll. I mean, I know they have a good offense, but you don't expect them to be able to do kind of what they did against a, a defense that in Dallas we've talked about quite a few times still continues to struggle. And I don't know uh, how far they're going to be able to go in the playoffs if that continues. Uh, they're going to face much more potent attacks than what they got on that game. And, uh, you know, they're able to hold on. I had them as my lock of the week, but it didn't look great for a lot of the, a lot of the mo- yeah. uh, uh, second first half and going into the beginning of the second half. Uh, obviously, Dak looked phenomenal, but this is a Detroit secondary that's been awful. Um, I, I, you know, you want to see the guys like that perform well against worse teams. We talked about how they uh, should put up, you know, big numbers. You can't really take it away from their opponents. They can only play who's on the field in front of them. But no, nonetheless, for Dallas, you're feeling good. I mean, but last week, going into this week, tied um, with the Eagles, they lose, you win. But now on the flip side, Dallas goes and faces the Pats this coming week. It's going to be a big test because – I don't think we're going to be seeing Dak putting up nearly that many passing yards, let alone what they're able to do in offense. I think Zeke's going to have to be a big part of that one, but we'll see also what their defense can do. It's still a major question mark, and it's still the one thing that makes me worried about uh, Dallas, regardless of whether they get in the playoffs or not. Yeah, we'll see with them. And as we said last week, we're going to do this with the NFC teams this week. We did it with the AFC teams last week. The path to the playoffs for the Cowboys, which looks a little bit better now that they won this game, uh, because we sort of expected the Eagles, you know, to lose that game to the Patriots, which we'll get to. All right, here's what the Cowboys have left. They're six and four. They're at the top of that division. They're at the Patriots. They're at home against the Bills. They're at the Bears. They're at home against the Rams. They're at the Eagles. Home against the Redskins. All right, Dylan, let's quickly run through here at the Patriots. Yeah, I'm gonna pick against them there. <laughs> <laughs> home against the Bills. I will in this one. I'll pick the Cowboys. I, I still uh, obviously we'll get to the Bills too. I still have question marks about them. At the Bears, Cowboys. I, no, not going to pick uh, Mitch. I mean, we'll see if Chase Daniel's starting by then. But yeah, Cowboys. So all right, take take your Homer hat off here at home against the Rams. 
I would I, at this point I'd still pick the Cowboys. I know the Rams defense has been good, but yeah, I just <laughs> I, I still don't feel completely confident in that offense right now. All right, and then so basically that gets them to nine wins there. Then they mm-hmm. just probably just need to split the, the final two, which you're at the Eagles, so that's obviously going to be a big game. But then you finish the season home against the Redskins, which you're going to pick the Cowboys in, especially if there's a playoff spot on the mm-hmm. line. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's, you know, it would be at this point it would be very disappointing if the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs yeah. with that remaining schedule. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. We, we think they're probably going to lose the Pats. For the Eagles, I mean, we'll get to their schedule, I guess, when we come up. But they have one, really only one tough game before that Week 16 matchup. So there's a good yep. chance they're going to be even on the schedule going into that game. Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, Yeah, I think both of those teams at least uh, have to feel good about maybe the way their schedule plays out. Although, like we said, the Cowboys could have a couple spots in there uh, against the Rams maybe. We'll see. Uh, Bills, yeah, we don't know, but we've seen the Bills play well. So um, before we get to the Bills, though, let's talk about the Jags and the Colts. I knew it. I should have stayed with the Colts. But I was trying to, to you know, make sure you didn't catch me on the picks and all this, so I decided to change it to the Jags. And it didn't go too well. Uh, the Colts, 33-13. to uh, That was the kind of win Colts fans wanted to see, of course, after uh, some less-than-ideal performances, the loss to the Dolphins and all that. Um, and, you know, this is this is one that the Colts, we, we talk about it, we're going to go into them in a second. Mm-hmm. This is one the Colts had to win because, you know, now it puts them in a pretty good spot. Uh, moving forward here and you know Nick Foles returns he didn't play bad DJ Chark had a big game uh, and you know for a Colts team that's playing without T.Y. Hilton Marlon Mack's gonna be out a while with a broken hand uh, this is a it's a good win because you do have your you know a couple star players out but Jonathan Williams who I'm sure as most people will probably not have to uh, you know guess he's gonna be on the waiver wires when we talk about him later because he had 13 carries for 116 yards in this game <laughs> Uh, and, by the way, is 0.0% owned in fantasy leagues. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's a big win for the Colts, and um, it's, it's one where I think this kind of shows us what the Jags are. They're probably mm-hmm. just going to be a team that, that plays spoiler the rest of the way. They're not really a, a true playoff contender at this point. Uh, but for the Colts, a big step in the right direction. Yeah, the Jags have struggled defending the run all year, and it really, I mean, this kind of sums up exactly what their biggest issue is. I mean, Jacoby Brissett comes back, and he, he has a decent game, but nothing really to write home about. This is all about the offensive line and the running game, as you just talked about, for the Colts dominating. And on the flip side, the Jags, the team that wants to establish the run, that wants to make Fournette such a big part of what they do, not being able to get anything going at all. And that's that's one really encouraging thing for Colts fans. I mean, this is a game – um, that for, for them, I mean, yes, it's not like a really strong opponent, but it's one where you comfortably win. You feel like you're back on track after the injuries and uh, the, you know, the Brian Hoyer show and all that stuff. Yeah, you got your season right where you need it to be at this point. Six and four going into this Thursday night game against the Texans. They've got to feel pretty good. Um, hopefully they're getting a little healthier at some of those key spots. But nonetheless, they still have a, such a strong roster for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, there was optimism with Nick Foles coming back. And uh, this is one of, one of our probably worst picks. <laughs> I know you're just kind of going <laughs> off of it to make sure I didn't gain one on you. And that was yeah. maybe part of why I signed with the Jags. I also just <laughs> I just thought the way that they'd been playing, I thought they had a chance to win one here. But clearly, I mean, Nick Foles looked like jeff fisher nick Foles and not a doug peterson nick Foles. 
Yeah, uh, it was it wasn't great, but uh, you know, first game back, we'll see. We'll see if they can find some momentum uh, here moving forward. And like we said, the Colts schedule the rest of the way. We're not even going to start to try to figure out who's going to win these AFC South games. Uh, but they do have a big one coming up on Thursday when they play the Texans. Both those teams at six and four. Two of the four teams that are six and four right now in the AFC. Uh, we'll get to those other two here in a bit. But, uh, yeah, big win for the Colts uh, in that one. All right, the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills get a 37-20 to win. Uh, we should have made this our lock of the week. Uh, yours <laughs> still worked. Uh, mine didn't, which we'll get to. But uh, it was – it was a more, you know, convincing performance from the Bills. That's what we wanted to see. We mm-hmm. wanted them not to just go in here, you know, and win a 13 to 10 type of game uh, where they're they're struggling to to put the Dolphins away or anything like that. They played well enough offensively, which I think that's something people have wanted to see. Uh, you know, they they should play like this when they're playing mm-hmm. a team like the Dolphins. They yeah. should look this good on offense, and, and they did. I mean, they they looked really good. Josh Allen played well. John Brown played well. Um, you know. Devin Singletary played well, and this is exactly what the Bills should have done, and and it does make you feel a little bit more confident about them because you know they didn't pull a, a Colts where they they yeah. lose a game like this, you know, and um, they went on the road, got a convincing win, and I think it does for me at least. It makes me feel a little bit better about the Bills. Yeah, I mean, compared to where we've seen them go in some of these games where they played some of these worst teams, and as we've talked about, they haven't really covered or you know kind of struggled and end up pulling them out at least you're still getting the victories but not really having that convincing performance so even if it is the Dolphins I mean this is a team that going into the game had won two games and obviously one of them was against the Jets but we've seen how the Jets have rebounded since then and going into uh, the game against the Colts I mean yes it's Brian Hoyer but that was still a really impressive performance by Miami they're uh, obviously not a a team at this point that's trying to lose as much as maybe the organization itself was with how they constructed this roster going into the year but yeah for Buffalo it's you learn I I don't know how much but you do like at least like you said you're still getting that performance you want against a bad team and uh, we'll see how it translates to their next few games where they have some tougher opponents they're gonna we've talked about in the last one they got some tough games coming up they have Denver next week they got to win that one but uh, you got to feel pretty good about where they are at this point Uh, defense I'm still it's still not really uh, capturing the imagination the same way it did in the first three weeks (laughs) it's slowly kind of been a decline on that end but they if there was anything they did well on Sunday it was stop the run Miami um, did I mean against a decent Colts defense on a rushing defense they got it going a week ago this week absolutely nothing 13 carries for 23 yards it was I know they were behind a lot of the games so they're throwing but regardless they had no chance of running the ball on Sunday yeah they didn't and you said it with the Bills uh it's a team you know they they're up to seven wins now we have to remember that I mean they're already to seven and really (laughs) I think the way we look at it getting two may be enough you know the rest Mm -hmm. of the way obviously three they're in um and when you consider that they still have you know of these three games you're probably thinking broncos uh, at the steelers and then also at home against the jets Mm -hmm. you know there's three right there that you probably feel pretty good about their chances and then you know that's not even to say if they were to pull an upset on the cowboys the ravens or the the patriots so uh Mm -hmm. yeah you 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 feel pretty good about where the bills are right now so uh it is it's uh it's pretty crazy, but Dylan called it before the season. He was on the bandwagon before anybody was, <laughs> uh, and he hasn't he hasn't jumped off yet. So there you go. Uh, that's one we we definitely got right. We almost didn't feel good about this one, this next one, because uh, I was you know feeling really confident about my Vikings win uh, pick to win the that division and. 
the way they started this game, I was like, oh, no, they're back. Like, we're back to seeing this team that we can't trust. Uh, What are they going to do? And sure enough, after being down 20 to nothing at halftime at home against the Broncos, the Vikings rally 27 to 23 and win that game. Obviously a tough loss for the Broncos, um, who, again, are just playing spoiler the rest of the way anyways. But uh, the Vikings, man, you, you you hate to see the way they started the game. But on the flip side, you got to give them credit for, for making a comeback like that. Kirk Cousins fueled it, uh, played well, 29 of 35, 319 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I mean, it's a it's a win, right? And I yeah. think that's that's the best way to put it. It's a win. They're, I think they're looking a little ahead to their bye week. I mean, a pretty late bye week to not have one until after playing your 11th game here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for Minnesota, that first half couldn't have been worse. I mean, I, I don't really have much to say compared, you know, given what they had done the previous weeks. It was shocking to see. They looked like they just completely were not even there like mentally at all i mean physically they were getting muscled out muscled at the front and it was it was awful and they're still i if denver you know this is this kind of the story that their season they've blown what four fourth quarter leads now something like that yeah. this season it's crazy and um i you know that they just it wasn't as much as i want to give credit to the vikings i can't not think about that one uh after that i think it was a fumble on a kickoff return and denver gets the ball up 20-0 right before the half a chance to at least uh, get another field goal score a touchdown something and they throw a pit at brand allen throws a pick and i mean that that it could have been 27-0 at the half and at that point i don't think minnesota has enough to muster the comeback they did i mean there's not really much more Minnesota Minnesota could have done. They had the ball four times in the second half, and they scored touchdowns every single time. So it was a pretty crazy game. And, and even then, Denver, McManus usually makes that field goal that could have put them up by six, then that touchdown from Diggs makes it a one-point game. It's a whole different game if he makes that field goal. So just a really frustrating season overall for Denver. But for Minnesota, yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, you get the win. You're eight and three. You got your bye. You got some time to regroup, and you're still at this point right in the thick of that playoff race. And who knows if Green Bay falls this week, then you're you guys are even yeah. up at the top of that division. And we have to remember, remember, I think we may have mentioned this early in the season, but how the Vikings' schedule fell this year, to where you know they have five games left, but th- all their three of their divisional games are all at home. So they get mm-hmm. the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears all at home here down the stretch. So uh, it actually sets up very nicely for them uh, in terms of you know having the ability to to not only make the playoffs but to to lock up you know that division so uh it's uh yeah you have to love the way that their schedule sets up because even a road trip to the chargers as we know is not anything uh that people exactly fear anymore so uh yeah i love the way you know their schedule sets up and Mm -hmm. uh they've got a chance to you know possibly get to 12 12 wins or so here uh, i think if you're looking at the vikings uh the rest of the way there for them so uh all right let's just go ahead let's everyone get our laughs in let's have some fun here uh the saints and the bucks yes i know i said i feel really good about this this is my upset of the week uh let's go with the bucks i'm all in i wasn't all in but um i did pick the bucks as the upset here and that did not happen 34 to 17 the saints win this game uh i even said it i said i'm gonna probably regret picking against a drew Brees and sean payton team after a a flat performance like they had against the falcons sure enough Saints came out, dominated early. Uh, Jameis Winston, just, I don't even know what you say Mm -hmm. at this point. I mean, it's just the amount of interceptions he's thrown. I think he's, what, up to 18 now um, through 10 games. 
and it's just I don't know. Like, it's <laughs> why, why did I ever expect this to be a game where I felt like the Bucks were going to be, you know, be able to take care of the ball well enough uh, and all of that? And you know, yes, I know Winston I think he had an ankle sprain or something in that game, mm-hmm. but this was this game was over before it got to that point. Um, the Saints, a dominant win, the way you wanted to see them bounce back, and you know, really, I guess that there's not much more to say other than that. The Saints are still who we thought they were, yeah. and so are the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, the loss for the Saints last week doesn't look so bad. We're going to get to that right. uh, Falcons game coming up, so that could be part of it. I mean, they they came out complacent, like we said last time. Sean Payton thought they would have lost to anyone, but maybe that opponent wasn't as weak as we thought. And here in Tampa Bay, uh, yeah, a team that at certain points has to be one of the more frustrating teams to follow. You feel like they could have a lot more wins if they just eliminated so many Key, uh, so crucial mistakes obviously they missed a field goal early in the year just so many little things and it's a team that certain one week they'll look great and you know for parts of this game they look solid and we're moving the ball okay against a strong Saints defense but uh, they just didn't have enough at the end of the day the Saints I, as I we talked about last time I kind of thought they'd just bounce back it didn't they've played they always play so well in Tampa Bay every you know the last few yeah. years it seems like Alvin Kamara goes off every time this game really not a huge game for him but still got back in the mix uh, more involved than we'd seen him in some pe- uh, previous weeks making 10 receptions which is just crazy even if he wasn't picking up huge yards he was such a big part of their game plan and Tampa Bay really struggled all day defending the pass Drew Brees uh, you know we were joking about last time if they had lost this game you know uh, rumblings about Teddy Bridgewater obviously was kidding and sure enough here you see he's back on track and no problem for them and yeah for their defense I mean yes Jameis Winston throws a lot of a lot of picks but they got to force them and it's a t- defense that this season overall is going to be a big part of why I, you know I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFC that have a chance to make the Super Bowl yeah uh, we'll see it's uh it's going to be interesting because they just their schedule sets up well the rest of the way and um you know for the Bucks on the flip side you just have to wonder kind of what their what their quarterback situation is going to look like mm-hmm. next year and uh that's probably something that the fans are already thinking about because uh it is it's just it's something that continually seems to sort of their, their defense isn't great which we've talked about but it has gotten better but the quarterback situation they've just they've got to have more consistency there uh to be able to win these types of games so we'll see what happens there uh with the bucks all right to so the game we said that uh, last time we just spent way too much time on and i think we only talked about it for like two minutes uh the jets and the redskins uh the jets we we did get this one right thankfully uh the jets get a 34 to 17 win uh, over the redskins uh another one of those games that quite honestly didn't even feel like it was that close um it was just that the jets controlled this game and Sam Darnold, four touchdowns. Um, this, I don't know. This game is what we thought it would be. It, it was one where you just had a bad Redskins team uh, not being able to do anything against really a bad Jets team, uh, which tells us a lot more about the Redskins probably because they are just um, they are not in a good spot right now. Uh, and then with the Jets, I mean, I we've said this many times. Like the Jets schedule. Like don't be surprised if we're looking up here three weeks from now and the Jets are six and seven and all of a sudden we're talking about them making the playoffs uh that's just because they they do they play the raiders the Bengals, and the dolphins next so it's like you can can, you can see them winning all three of those games um the problem is i mean you could because two of them are home they get the raiders and the dolphins at home they go to the Bengals. like it's it's It's, it's in the realm of oh it's very possible yeah (laughs) but and they go to the ravens after that and they get the steelers and the bills so let's not get carried away just yet 
Uh, I'd probably like to see them beat the Raiders first before we start mm-hmm. having that discussion. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a win for the Jets and for the Redskins. Their fans are probably just happy at this point because that means uh, they're moving closer towards having a chance at the number one pick. Yeah, we talked about going into uh, earlier in the season, um, you know, the Dolphins being a team that tried to lose and the Redskins being a team that didn't try to, but it's just as bad. I, at this point, I, I don't know how they even beat the Dolphins. I mean, that was that might be one of the bigger upsets of the year was Washington yeah. getting that victory in Miami. Man, they look really bad. I mean, everything – I mean, there's a couple moments, I guess, with Dwayne Haskins. He had that one throw that got called back and some decent plays where he shows off his arm, you see the talent, but then other ones – where it's just you you start having the same worry that you've had of so many young quarterbacks putting these bad situations with an awful offensive line there's the video of him you know talking to the offensive line asking saying to the guys what can i do to help you and their faces they don't look like guys that are really on his side they they look like what the heck are you talking about dude like what why are you in this huddle right now so uh definitely a lot of issues to work out in that franchise yeah you know they've had top draft picks in the past hopefully they're able to translate to some better talent because at this point uh, you know yes the jets win and good for the jets and another two straight weeks where they look really good but um you know they haven't played the the best opponents their schedule could work out like you said we'll see maybe learn a bit more if they're able to beat the raiders i know they got the cowboys earlier but that it's kind of such a weird game so for the jets uh you know it's great that the schedule that everyone looked at before the year is lining up how it is but you still they just needed to scratch across a couple more wins early in the year because i think at this point it's still too as you said with the ravens and steelers and some of the teams later in their schedule it's still going to be too much of a hill to climb for the Redskins uh, at least they I mean they don't even really have a hill at this point there's no hill to even try to try to go up no I'm telling you I'm sitting here looking at this I'm, I'm looking at the rosters of the two and like I I'm starting to like lean towards the Dolphins being in a better spot than the Redskins <laughs> like I it's crazy to think that because you know I do like Darius guys I do like Terry McLaurin uh, but I don't know man I mm-hmm. I don't know like we'll see but because I again it comes out who, who's going to take the Redskins shop like who's going to be the coach there and, and is anything really going to change because we've seen this I think they can rotate in as many starts coaches the as they want yes yeah, so <laughs> it all starts at the top and nothing's really changed so uh, do we really expect any big changes I don't think so so we'll see uh what happens uh, there with the Redskins situation all right the game like we kind of hinted at earlier Falcons and the Panthers we we were both kind of hesitant we said you know what we, if we were braver, we would have picked the Falcons to win this game, and we should have been because the Falcons didn't just win this game. They completely dominated this game uh, for a second week in a row as they win 29-3. to I, I don't know, man. Again, it's, you can look at a lot of different things on this, but whatever the Falcons did during their bye week on defense to fix some things, like we, we did kind of say, you know, they, they shuffled around their coaching staff a bit, and I think I was kind of laughing, like, what is that really going to do, mm-hmm. right? But it's worked because they have just not – I mean, no one – the Saints did nothing. The Panthers did nothing. Um, this was just one of those that – I mean, look, like we said, we wouldn't have been shocked at the Falcons winning this game, but I am shocked at how, yeah. again, for two weeks in a row, this was one – we said it. This could be one of the worst defenses we've seen in a while. And somehow, in back-to-back weeks after uh-huh. their bye, you know, they, they have not allowed the offense to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, 12 combined points between the Saints and the Panthers against them in the last two weeks. That's 
just staggering how I, I still struggle to you know see how this is possible I, I one of my favorite tweets from yesterday was from SB Nation's Falcons the Falcoholic page and it they said is it good to know this team is actually as capable as we thought heading into the year yes is it beyond frustrating that they had to string together seven losses in the first eight <laughs> games before figuring out also yes like it's like you, you see that all the potential and why you know going into the year we picked them to be wild card team and yeah. why I consider them as a, even possibly winning this division along with the Panthers and Saints and oh man it, it's got it, I another team that's really frustrating there's so much talent and you're just seeing it finally kind of coming together I mean the offense had been solid all year and even when they had some struggles for the most part they're still getting the job done still scoring points so that hasn't been a big problem for them obviously their defense was one of the worst in the NFL for most of the year and now I you know they defended the run okay and that was one thing going into this game that we were talking about hey like this might not be the best matchup for Carolina's offense but you don't imagine Kyle Allen going out there and getting just so thoroughly dominated I mean it's crazy at over 300 yards but it obviously his QB ratings under 50 it was not a good game so many mistakes a lot of turnovers in their own in their own zone it was it was crazy it was, there's not a lot a lot of openings on the field out there for Carolina and that was the, the biggest thing it wasn't like just that Kyle Allen was struggling which he was but yeah uh, the opportunities weren't really there it's not like he was missing wide open guys constantly the Falcons defense which is where I talked about them being a fast unit going into the year you saw their capabilities out there and uh, it's too little too late I don't think even if they win out somehow nine and seven is going to get the job done but at least you have maybe some optimism and maybe Dan Quinn's job will be saved at this point yeah a couple things on the Panthers we're going to run through their schedule like we have because I mean they are five and five so <laughs> before we get there I how ridiculous is this Christian McCaffrey scores 30 fantasy points and he doesn't even score a touchdown <laughs> like I mean it's just this guy is insane of course that's PPR because he did have 11 receptions for 121 mm-hmm. yards but this guy's just I mean he's just nuts like I don't even know well I don't even know what you say um that's just uh, I don't know and I'm luckily I didn't go against him this week but I'm sure I have at some point he's probably gone you know for 40 something oh points but yeah to have 30 fantasy points and this guy doesn't even score a touchdown it's just insane all right the Panthers let's roll through these one by one I can already tell you where I'm going on this whether they make the playoffs or not looking at the schedule all right at the Saints nope <laughs> no Home against the Redskins. By default, yes. <laughs> At the Falcons. Ooh, I mean, given what we just saw, I'm going to go Falcons. Yeah. At home against the Seahawks. Uh, uh, Seahawks, but you know, I, I do think that that will be a high-scoring game. All right, so let's just say – all right. Let, let's say – all right, so they're 1-3 in those. So that takes them <laughs> to what, 6-8? and eight? And then all they right. got the Colts and Saints. I mean, it's their schedule's brutal. I don't, I don't know. I yeah. don't see it at this point. I think they'd be lucky to get to 8-8, eight and eight, and even then that doesn't get them in probably. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep, sorry, Panthers. At least as of this week, uh, we tried to find you something, but I don't see a path to the playoffs uh, for them right now at least. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right, this next game, ah, man, the Ravens and the Texans. This, we, well, we nailed this one, didn't we? Game of the week. Uh, this is the – I mean, I guess it kind of was because any game Lamar Jackson plays, it's pretty much the game of the week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 41-7, to the Ravens win this game. They give Deshaun Watson, I guess, what was his worst loss mm-hmm. of college, high school, anything. Like, mm-hmm. he just uh, – I mean, this guy's a winner, and this was uh, just a lopsided loss. Uh, to send the Texans to six and four but you know we we kind of mentioned it I guess last week we, we were talking about Super Bowl contenders and all that a couple weeks ago and we said last week you know we didn't really put the Ravens in that category but 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. At this point, like I, I'm oh, ready yeah. to throw him into the mix and say, if you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, mm-hmm. I feel confident that you can beat any team in the NFL. And considering what we've seen from them the past couple weeks, of course, against the Patriots, now against a, a team like the Texans, which you know has their have their flaws, but it's still a team mm-hmm. that has Deshaun Watson and does some things well. I mean, they are just playing dominant right now, and um, this is just—I don't know what else you say about what Lamar Jackson's doing. Yeah, the caveat that was—that was going into that Ravens Patriots game, and we said, you know, if they win this one, they're—they're yeah. they're kind of the one team that was right on the outside for us at this point. There's no one playing better in the NFL. If, if you're a Ravens fan, I mean, your only concern, obviously, health is always always a concern for every football fan. But you're, maybe your only concern is that uh, they're peaking a little early. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be too worried because what they're doing on offense it's not something that yeah, it seems like anyone's really schematically been able to really adjust to they've they've taken what they did last year and, and added so many different layers to the point now where regardless of what def- defense you come out with they're going to have a counter and it's just really impressive to see another game where they just dominate on the ground they're going to have a big test uh, in terms of at least running the ball against the Rams this coming week I, I think the Ravens will still win I'm gonna actually going to be at that game so and uh, we'll see if the Rams can actually hold uh, <laughs> make it you know a closer one but a much e- uh, d- more difficult opponent in terms of running the ball at least uh, Houston, uh, we've talked about all year. I mean, they, they have Deshaun Watson, yes, and they have such a good, you know, offensive uh, ability whenever he's on. But when he's not on, you see the results today or yesterday. Um, he, he has to be pretty much perfect almost all the time for this team to work. And uh, for the Ravens, I think the scariest part about them, as much as their offense has been dominant all year, their defense has really come around the last few weeks. Uh, they're they're really fitting in well together. Marcus Peters, I know, didn't fit in well with the Rams, but it seems like whatever you know came to Baltimore and he's rejuvenated. I know that how they're playing him is different, and that's part of it. But nonetheless. Mm-hmm. This team is, you know, figuring it out at the right time. It's a lot of a lot of games left before the playoffs, but they're in pretty good position to get a buy in the, in the AFC, especially with the Chiefs having the four losses now. So we'll, and you know, they have the tiebreak against the Pats, so we'll see what happens. They're they're scheduled. I, you know, we've talked about it a bit. They have a, a couple tough games coming up here. Um, the toughest probably the 49ers, but they're at home for that one. So I mean, I, you know, if I looked at their schedule, we're talking about these NFC ones because we did AFC last week. But if I look at this. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win every single one. Yeah. Uh, you know, they play the Rams, 49ers, Bills, Jets, Browns, and uh, Steelers. I mean, they're going to be the favorites in all those games, even even the 49er game at home, I think, at this point. So there's a yeah. chance they're going to be 14-2. and two, And who, if they get home field, that's I think that's going to be really big for the AFC. Um, you know, the Chiefs could obviously go on anywhere and win with their offense and what Patrick Mahomes could do. But if it comes down to Ravens-Patriots in terms of the AFC title game, I think who's home might actually be a really big determining factor. Yeah, no, you said it. You look at the schedule the rest of the way for the Ravens. I mean, it's hard to say they're going to lose any of those games. Now, obviously, we wouldn't. It's the NFL. We wouldn't be surprised. But uh, the yeah, way they're playing, the way they're playing, one just by chance of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. probably going to be your fault. They're probably going to lose to the Rams, and you're going to be there, and we're just going <laughs> to blame you. So, um, we at least have the Ravens fans ready. But it's just, it's insane. Like you said, I mean. There's only one team in the NFL that's even hit the 300-point mark this year, and that's the Ravens, and they have 341. So they had 300 going into this game, and now, of course, they score 41. Uh, so now they've scored 341 points on the year. So uh, what they're doing, man, it's, uh, it is. It's insane yeah. right now, and Mark Jackson is just uh, – he's just unreal. So uh, it's, it is. It's crazy. And like you said, it's going to be fun to watch that – 
that game against the Rams because you think about you know Lamar Jackson he's just become such a you know one of the, the the biggest stars in the NFL and you know you're playing at the Rams and this is a team coming off the Super Bowl as we know but you I mean you're gonna see it you're gonna see so many Lamar Jackson jerseys in that stadium oh, yeah. probably it will just be insane um, that that's gonna be fun though it should be uh, should be a fun game uh, all right to the afternoon games uh, we start with the uh, 49ers getting the win 36 to 26 uh, over the Cardinals and we said it I mean we kind of hinted at it earlier you know we did not feel confident in saying you know this is a lock by any means mm-hmm. and really you know it was 36 to 26 but let's remember i mean the 49ers scored the defensive touchdown on the on the lateral play on the very last play of the game yep. so this was a game that went right down to the wire where the cardinals had the ball uh, trying to have a chance to win the game uh it's you know i don't i don't think we we read too much into that though because this, the, as we said the 49ers were coming off of such a an emotionally draining game against the Seahawks. I'm not surprised that they started slow against a team like the Cardinals, who, who do play a little bit of a different, you know, style in terms mm-hmm. of how they how they attack you. Um, but ultimately, the 49ers did what they had to do. They won the game. Jimmy G, four touchdowns. Uh, and in all honesty, probably didn't play his best game, even though he did yeah. throw for four touchdowns and 424 yards. Uh, but again, you're nine and one, and you're you're sitting in a really good spot. Yeah, at the end of the game, Jimmy Garoppolo got the throws done. But, I mean, overall, he had a, so many mistakes that, I mean, yeah. we going back to a couple of weeks ago, we had that really good game against the Cardinals. And sure enough, his final stats look solid. But still, it's it, it does scare you a little bit if you're a Niner fan, I think. I mean, this is a team that looked, for a certain point, I know they hadn't played that many tough teams. They looked pretty, pretty ridiculous uh, in terms of their balance on both sides. The offense... I mean, they, the last couple of weeks, they've been relying more on Jimmy Garoppolo than uh, their run game, and I don't know if that's a good trend. I, I know Kyle Shanahan, if if everything's working how he wants it to, he's going to be running the ball a lot more than this. 19 carries for 34 yards against a run defense like Arizona, that's not going to get it done against some of these best teams in the NFC to have superior quarterback play at this point. I mean, Jimmy G is still, I, I still higher on him maybe than some people are, but I, I, don't, I don't tend to put him in that top kind of tier of QBs. I think he's good when he has the right uh, kind of pieces around him and other things are working well and he and he you know does have the ability in these kind of big situations ever since he came to san francisco leading you know last minute drive so there there is at least that comfort in knowing that when the game's on the line he's the kind of guy that is cool in that pressure and i mean i i don't think he'll be overcome by the moment of the postseason but on a bigger scale the defense for the niners is a second straight week where they really don't look as nearly as dominant there i know that dvoa wise they're gonna they haven't put out the rankings obviously for this week but they're gonna probably fall back a, a few spots again just they're just uh, this is an opponent that yes arizona better than maybe we thought going in the year they've for a three seven and one team they're not a team you really love to see in your schedule at this point with what kyler murray and some of the throws he's been making i, I thought kyler looked great it was uh you know still making some mistakes here and there but overall there's some throws that you see why i mean this guy's only 22 he's only if he if he takes another jump too going into next year you you see why arizona was so ready to kind of jump over to uh him rather than rosen at this point yeah and you know the path to the playoff for the niners since we are on the nfc teams this week it ain't easy the next three weeks now we feel like they're gonna make the playoffs like that's just oh, yeah. let's not get carried away but i mean you know don't be surprised if they were to let's say go on a three-game losing streak here because they do have a game at home against the Packers. They're at the Ravens. They're at the Saints. Uh, they're at home for the Falcons. They're at home for the Rams. The new Falcons. At the sea. Exactly. <laughs> that is, looks much different than it did a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, and then they're at the Seahawks. So really, 
the rest of the way, you don't see a game on there that just says that's a lock for the Niners. Um, again, especially with the way the Falcons are playing. It's crazy so, for a 9-1 and one team to say that, but it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it is very true. So uh, keep that in mind here. We, we're not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, they don't exactly have an easy slate uh, the rest of the way in terms of the, the race for, for home field advantage and all that. So uh, that's something to keep in mind there uh, with the Niners. Um, all right, to my lock of the week, which I should have known uh, not to do this, but uh, sure enough, I did it anyways. The Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, the Raiders were my lock of the week. They were uh, 10.5-point favorites. That didn't happen. 17-10. to 10. The Raiders win this game. The Bengals still winless uh, in the race for, well, I guess unfortunately at this point it's probably uh, for Joe Burrow but um, because of Tua's injury, but we'll see how that plays out in the offseason. Um, you know, the, the Raiders here, I don't know. I, I guess we can't be too upset because – it's one of those where they're, they're six and four, and it is what it is. I think there there are a lot of Raiders teams probably in that same scenario over the years that would have lost that game mm-hmm. uh, because the, the Bengals, you know, they did play well enough at times uh, to to do you know have their opportunities, but. Uh, the Raiders win, and that's the bigger thing here because now they're six and four. They're sitting right up there at the top uh, with the Chiefs at the, with the same record in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we said, I mean, it's it's another step in the right direction for the Raiders uh, because they are you know fully uh, in this playoff race at this point. Yeah, I mean, in terms of optimism for the Raiders, I, I for me it took a hit. I mean, this these are the games that uh, you know if they had won by like three touchdowns or something yeah. like that, you feel like all right, this team's ready to roll. They can beat the the bad teams well, and they're gonna they're gonna stack up against their quality competition. I know they they did almost beat the Texans, but I, I still have a worry. I mean, two of their biggest losses of the year to the Vikings and Packers when they when they play some of these better teams, and they also lost to the Chiefs by eighteen. So when they when they played better teams for the most part. They've struggled when those teams are on top of their game. Now their schedule might line up, and it's the AFC. I mean, they could easily slide into the playoffs, but once they get there, I just they're uh, they're still so far below some of those other teams. I uh, you know good good win, and I'm happy that in their last season in Oakland, they're in the playoff hunt. They, I for me personally, just the NFL seems more fun when the Raiders are at least solid, not like a, a dumpster fire like they were for so many years. <laughs> um, you know, to, to barely beat the Bengals, not exactly what you're looking for. Ryan Finley was just awful. I mean, and you give some credit to some. I mean, there were players in the Raiders defense that came out and played really well. I think. Max Crosby's proven yeah. to be a really good draft pick for them. And overall, Josh Jacobs, another week, another game where he's really efficient. He has the one fumble. And turnovers are part of why this game didn't end up being such a blowout. But nonetheless, a victory. And uh, we'll see what the Raiders can do against their – it's a huge game here in New York against the Jets. I mean, they're, they're three-point favorites at this moment. But you, that's one you, you can't lose that one and really no. expect to make the postseason. Yeah, that's the one they got to have. And I was pulling up this tweet. I saw it earlier uh, from Peter Schrager who pointed – out that uh, the Raiders rookie class, which you mentioned Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs played well, uh, the first to have 10 plus sacks and 10 plus touchdowns over the first 10 games of the season since the sack became a stat in 1982. <laughs> so that's a weird stat, but that just kind of shows you that, you know, sometimes we've, we've made fun of the Raiders for their draft picks over the years, but uh, this is a different group here with Gruden and Mayock uh, because they, uh, they, they've nailed this year, so that's for sure, because mm-hmm. uh, they've got guys who are making an impact right away, and hopefully for them uh, are going to make an impact for many years to come because uh, they're playing really well, and that's been a big part of uh, their success uh, to this point, without a doubt. So, uh, all right, to uh, you know, one of the bigger games of the week we expected it to be, and uh, it was, although it was probably a little bit uglier than people thought. I think we yeah. probably leaned on the side of this being more of a high-scoring game uh, 
figuring, I, th- I think, that the Patriots may be able to do more against the Eagles' defense, yep. but that didn't really happen. Uh, the Patriots did get the win, 17-10. to But, uh, I mean, you know, Tom's not happy with the offense, that's for sure, uh, because they did. They didn't look great on offense, and you would expect it against an Eagles team, you know, as we said, that have had their ups and downs on defense for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess for the Patriots, it's a win. But I think for Eagles fans, this is a frustrating loss yeah. uh, because you had every chance uh, to take advantage of the struggles of the Patriots offense. And yet the Eagles, you know, could only muster 10 points, yes, against a defense that's been, you know, one of the best in the NFL without mm-hmm. a doubt this season. Uh, but, I, I mean, you know, Carson Wentz didn't play great. I guess the Patriots' defense can make you look that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can understand the frustration here for Eagles fans because this was kind of one of those games where the way it played out, maybe not going into it. I mean, the Patriots were the favorites. But going into it uh, and just with the way it played out, the Eagles had their chances here. Yeah, it's it's a similar feeling of frustration for, I feel like, a lot of fans that have played the uh, Patriots over the last couple of years or going back to the end of last season in the Super Bowl in terms of when it, when Tom Brady is not on his game and the offense isn't clicking, you feel like, you ha- like you're saying you have an opportunity to win that ball game, and it's just not happening because this defense is so damn good. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was a similar case where I'm saying, you know, not comparing the Falcons defense to the Patriots defense, but in terms of uh, what Kyle Allen's on the field, no one really opened. There was, not a, there was a lot of times where yes Winston minced a couple throws but overall the defense was swarming he was constantly under pressure and uh, not a lot of open guys downfield so for the Patriots after kind of a slow start to the game to bounce back and play really well on that side of the ball not surprising Um, I I still now you know moving forward if you're a Pats fan you have to feel like Belichick and Brady will figure it out because they always have but the offense is a concern I mean they're they're, yeah, if they can't, you know, do anything against a Philadelphia secondary that's still not, you know, maybe they, they, the last three weeks since after those couple of blowout losses to the Vikings and Eagles, they've really, or sorry, uh, Vikings and Cowboys, they've been playing better, sure, but this, it still isn't a secondary that really is that scary. And yes, the, I know the offensive line for New England's had to reshuffle quite a bit compared to the past, and but every every team goes through that and. The Eagles, I mean, they, they're able to stop the run pretty well this year, and the, the Patriots feel like they can run the ball on anyone they want to. They haven't the last couple of games. Coming out of this bye week, it was surprising to see their offense struggle quite as much as it did. And it's still a lot of time to figure it out, though. Um, you know, like like I was saying, you're, you're always going to feel confident as a Patriots fan that they're going to be able to get the th- uh, everything done by the end of the year. But uh, it just feels a little different this time. And for the Eagles, uh, your defense is coming around, and so that part's great. But the offense still not consistent enough as you like it to be with all the talent they have there. They still got a shot to win this division at 5-5 five and five with the Cowboys a game up and a more favorable schedule in Philadelphia's direction. But uh, still a team that you're, I, I can understand the frustration because expectations, obviously, clearly I picked them before the year to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> expectations have not been met. All right, well, let's go through uh, the Eagles' playoff schedule here as we have for these other teams. You mentioned they're 5-5. Five and five. They're trying to catch the Cowboys in that division. Uh, they've got six games left. All right, we're taking our picks again on this one. Uh, let's start uh, with their game against the Seahawks in Week 12. That's at home. I'm uh, going to go Seahawks, but I don't feel incredible about that one. And right now the Eagles are a point-and-a-half favorite. Mm, that's interesting. We'll, we'll talk more about that one later in the week. Um, at the Dolphins. Philly, Philly. <laughs> Home against the Giants. And, uh, Eagles again. <laughs> at the Redskins. Uh, I think you know that one. <laughs> at home against the Cowboys. And that's the one that, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see when we get there. 
I tend to think Cowboys just leaning towards what going back to that first matchup, but I, I it's going to be a lot different, you know, when we actually make the pick. That's I think that's basically <laughs> the going to decide who wins the division, though. Well, I was going to say because then they they finish the season at the Giants, so really they're going to get to nine wins. And the thing is, is that the two games that they could lose are both at home against the Seahawks and the Cowboys. So at least you have that advantage. So really there's not a better schedule probably you could ask for. I mean, Mm -hmm. all things considered uh, to where, you know, they're not playing great, but they could win all six of these. They're probably not, but they could. And so I think if you're an Eagles fan, you have to be optimistic knowing you still got two games against the Giants. Uh, You've still got the Dolphins and the Redskins. So uh, those are four games you absolutely have to win. You can't drop any of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, you feel like they they should be fine, uh, I think, in that scenario. Like you said, it's probably going to come down to that game. Uh, But it is at home against the Cowboys, so we'll see there. Uh, All right, uh, wrapping up with the Sunday night game, the Bears and the Rams. Whew. It was about what we <laughs> it was about what we, we thought it would be. We I mean, said to take the under. We did say <laughs> that for sure. Um, Seventeen to seven, the Rams win this game, move to six and four. Um, I I don't know. Like the, the, again, the, there was nothing in this game that caught us off guard. I don't think at all. Uh, you know, Robert Woods didn't play. That was surprising. You know, because the, the Rams said there's a personal issue, and then. Yet they still find a way to win, and, and as we've said, the Bears' offense is terrible, and the Bears' defense kind of isn't what it has been, even though, you know, all things considered, they, they still made plays in this game. Mm-hmm. It's just if you don't have an offense, you can't do anything, and once again, I know the Rams' defense is good, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just it's the same story for the Bears' offense. Yeah, I mean, yes, the Rams defense, we can talk about how they've improved and how their secondary is kind of all coming together at the right time. So that's encouraging from that standpoint. But it is the Bears. You can't really give them way too much credit in this one. Obviously, a much bigger test with the Ravens coming up in terms of what they were able to do passing and running. The Chicago, I mean, it's not just the missed throws. It's so many things with that team on offense. Their offensive line has been awful. And Trubisky somehow going backwards it seems like each game and there's like little throws here and there that are okay but he's overall it's just been such a struggle he still can't throw to his left which i don't know some zoolander stuff going on there but (laughs) man i don't know it's it's brutal to watch it was that first half it was like everyone was joking when the rams uh, made that field goal that barely went in there everyone's like tweeting points oh we got points and then like the rams were touching oh it's a touchdown (laughs) like wow this is great um yeah, it was uh, not really a ton to take away from this for the Rams' sake on um, defense, on offense. Yeah, yeah, struggled for most of the game, I guess. If there's anything positive, Todd Gurley in the, early in the game looked to you know be running much better. And they talked on the on the uh, telecast about what the Rams are doing in terms of their you know changing how they block on the, not doing the same zone blocking scheme, but kind of double teaming guys and the a gaps and all that stuff. So it was, I guess you can see that the Rams are trying to make adjustments and, and that last drive with the Rams put the game away. There were some throws where, you know, Goff had a little more time, but you know, it was hitting guys with some of the stuff that we, I feel like we saw last year more where the, the, the inaccurate things that we've seen throughout this season that have been really frustrating. They had the one touchdown call back to Josh Reynolds on a, a beautiful deep ball right on the money and a few other ones ones to uh, keep that drive alive there were really solid passes and i think that's if there's anything encouraging for the rams to take away if, if they're going to get back in this playoff hunt they're only you know a game and a half behind the the vikings at this point that viking win hurts them a lot but nonetheless uh, if golf can at least play at average and if they're able to run the ball at least decently like this they have a shot 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, and let's go through the Rams schedule because it's again we I don't know the schedule set up really well for some of these teams, like we said. And you look at the rest of the way, kind of what they have. And when you you look at the Rams, you know we kind of know where they are right now. I mean, they're a team that's mm-hmm. sitting here, uh, you know, at six and four. They're certainly behind the 49ers and the Seahawks uh, based on what they've done to this point. Yep. And the all right, hey, let's just do this. Let's go one by one here for the Rams. All right, they're at home against the Ravens, which we've already said. I mean, I guess yeah. all things considered, you kind of have to take the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. They're at the Cardinals. It's not going to be easy. No, uh, I mean I'll, I'll pick the Rams just because. Again, I, I think the biggest thing is the defense right now. I feel like they'll be a, a no. tough matchup for Arizona. Yeah. So so you've got that. Um, then they're at home against the Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> shoot. I mean, the last game came down to a field goal. I, I'll, I'll pick the Seahawks, but I, I don't know. I mean, once uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's all, it's all going to be one with the defense of the Rams and the offense of the Seahawks. That's the battle there. The flip side, Seattle's defense still a big, big concern for me. Yeah. So see, that's the theme here because after that, they're at the Cowboys, which we say the same thing about. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, yeah. A lot of games that they like. I, if I'm picking, it's going to be really tough, and that's the thing. I I, you, uh, that that's why that Viking loss again is so big. The Vikings have some tough games come up in the schedule but a lot of them are at home and you see the Seahawks and their schedule and it's just it's you're starting to feel like there's going to be teams that are 11 maybe 11 and 5 is what you need to get in the playoffs and that's that's yeah. probably unrealistic with the Rams schedule it, 10 and 6 might be the best case scenario um, and I don't even know if that's going to be enough yeah because then they finish at the Niners and at home against the Cardinals which I assume we'll probably take them at home mm-hmm. against the Cardinals but at the Niners that's another one where it's basically yep. like eh, you know they're gonna be so, their playoffs their playoffs start now <laughs> yeah there you go so of all the teams we've talked about in the NFC I think the Rams you know they're a team where there's a lot more questions than answers on some of these remaining games and so uh we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens there for the uh defending NFC champs uh, all right that wraps up our look at uh, the week 11 games uh, aside from the Monday night matchup which you can go back in our previous episode here are thoughts on the Chiefs and the Chargers in Mexico City we'll wrap it up as we always do with a look at the waiver wire uh, for all you fantasy uh, nuts out there like us who are already looking ahead trying to carve our path to the playoffs although I will say Dylan I'm looking at the standings here I'm pretty sure you and I uh, and someone else maybe I think with looking how that's playing out we're gonna have a three-way tie for first here uh, in the old clutch yep. points league as we head into week 12 so at least we feel okay about our playoff spots but uh, we're not just trying to make the playoffs we're trying to win the whole thing here um, so looking at the waiver wire it's kind of the same as last week there are some good options here but let's remember there's only one week left to buys <laughs> the Cardinals the Chiefs the Chargers and the Vikings are all on buys which when you, you really think about it like, you know, there's a lot of possible quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers in there, so you may actually have to make some moves uh, this yeah. week. Uh, Dylan, we'll, we'll kind of run through these uh, pretty quickly here. Quarterback-wise, I have Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> which is hard to believe, but again, let's think about it. It's the schedules, folks. It's, it's all about the schedules. Uh, the Browns and Jets have two of the better schedules left. Um, if we combine that with some running backs um, – <laughs> You know, the the Colts duo, Jonathan Williams, as we said, 0.0% owned. Uh, Naheem Hines is also there if you need him because of Marlon Mack's injury. So those two, I guess, maybe flip a coin uh, on who's going to be, you know, have the better workload moving forward. Exactly. 
Bo Scarborough for the Lions. How about that? He comes out of nowhere. He's 0.0% owned, too. Uh, so there's another guy, uh, the running backs, uh, another couple running backs still, and I've got on here Darius Geis and Tony mm-hmm. Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard, I know Cowboys fans have called for him to be more involved in the offense. Uh, he showed, you know, he keeps showing his big playability here. Uh, so that's just some of the options at quarterback and, and running back. We'll get to the receivers here in a second. Yeah, I think guys. Obviously, if you can still get him, he's owned in almost forty-seven percent of ESPN leagues. So, if you're one of those fifty-three percent, I think that's a good option. You're seeing that, especially at the end of the season, they're going to want to see what they have from him. And yeah, they're not really playing for you know anything other than playing out the season to really evaluate their own players I feel like at this point so in that way guys is a good option at the on the flip side it is the Washington Redskins it is that offensive line so I don't know how much <laughs> trust you can really have in a lot of these guys uh, you might have more luck uh, with the the two Colts running backs in that offensive line and all the talent they have up front there so I think those guys uh, like you said you can flip a coin and who will, I guess maybe monitor the the quotes from the coaches coming up over the next couple <laughs> weeks yeah uh, and then going to the quarterbacks uh, Baker and Sam at this point you know I'm looking at the list and it's pretty brutal other than that you're not feeling too good i mean it's a one week uh, thing folks remember it's one week because everybody's back for you know there's no buys after this upcoming week so don't don't plug sam Darnold into your lineup or baker mayfield and leave them there the rest of the way and i know there were some games early in the year we talked about daniel jones having better matchups he's gonna have the bears and the packers coming up so i would stay away uh no reason (laughs) i mean nick Foles had a decent week in terms of fantasy but i I still don't really believe he's uh, a better option than like you said for one week uh, Baker and Sam, I think they, they get the nod here. Yeah, they'll be fine. Uh, you, you have to do what you have to do because some of you are still fighting for playoff spots. Uh, wide receivers, we're going back to the well, and this guy's probably going to be number one again uh, on the list. I think he's been there maybe – this is going to be the third straight week. I think he's been number one. Devontae Parker, still only 44.7% <laughs> oh owned. And, I mean, he had, I think he had 20 standard points this week, so it's like – I'm sorry, guys. I know we were, you know, just all over the Dolphins early in the season, but this is a different scenario. Like, this guy Mm -hmm. is literally their only option in the passing game now. I mean, Jakeem Grant had a nice game. That's great, but that was return-wise. But you've got – Devontae Parker is just – he's going to have a lot of usage, and I don't know why. I I Even I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I have to start this guy every week because – um there's no other option and then we know they're going to be playing from behind they're going to be throwing the ball uh, so he's someone you just gotta gotta look at at this point you can't and then Debo Samuel I mean he had a big game yes. I'm still worried about that you know in a sense that we know they want to run the ball and we know they've got some options Emmanuel Sanders uh you know you know there's a lot of different options in the passing game but Debo Samuel at least wide receiver wise um and I guess wrapping up the only other one I have on here well to Jacob Hollister of course tight end for the Seahawks uh mm-hmm. they're they're back now he's any see you know any tight end that plays Russell Wilson as we know he's shown his value over the past couple weeks and then he's been great yeah I mean I think you know those are probably the the best options if you're looking for pass catchers yeah the only other one maybe if depending on how much longer George Kittle is out Ross Dwelly same kind of same kind of thing where the tight ends are really involved like they're in Seattle for the Niners so that's a solid option Uh, yeah Devontae Parker if you're not first of all if you don't how, like if he's not owning your league i don't know what everyone's doing <laughs> uh it's crazy to me that that percentage is that crazy i know it's the dolphins but uh, for all the points you just brought up in terms of uh you know targets and um how much they're throwing the ball all of it just combined i mean he's been consistently up there i think for debo samuel yeah the last two weeks his, his targets are trending up quite a bit and he's making some big plays so 
uh, like you said, they want to run the ball. And for the 49ers, it's kind of the, the thing of that team with a lot of uh, some of these better offenses. There's just so many weapons that it's hard to rely on a guy. But for a one-week spot start, I think Debo is another uh, solid option here, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he's someone to consider. Like I said, if you need to play in this week, I have the Lions. Defense is an option. Uh, but I know that sounds weird uh, coming off of uh, the game they play. But let's remember – all about the matchups folks and Mm -hmm. uh you know like we kind of said we said the raiders were an option last week the lions are at the redskins this week so that again uh that tells you you know (laughs) maybe maybe jeff driscoll then on the quarterbacks yeah it's true yeah i didn't think about that maybe jeff driscoll's an option uh because yeah yeah he didn't play bad against the cowboys so no he played um, well yeah yeah so there you go so there's your options uh waiver wire i know like we said it's remember you're just trying to get through this week uh, because <laughs> there's no more buys uh and you should have your team uh, at full strength and hopefully you're not like me and you're going to lose to someone who literally has not set their lineup in eight weeks um and somehow it all just came together this week to where uh you just make those moves to one of my leagues where you just you're <laughs> overthinking it and you're going to lose to someone who has probably checked his team twice the entire season uh so <laughs> So that is fantasy football and uh that will wrap up this episode of uh the established past podcast uh dylan let everybody know where they can find all of our great nfl stuff over at clutch points yeah so at clutchpoints.com the nfl tab all of our nfl articles content uh, even the podcast will show up there when we get the podcast articles up there's also the podcast tab for all four of our clutch points podcast three currently active the nba one uh, not as much as the lakers clippers pod and then obviously the college basketball and the blake host so yeah we got good stuff there you can find, anywhere you can find podcasts will be there if we're not in an outlet that you do want i mean just message us we're pretty easy to find on twitter uh <laughs> and then uh, we have our clutch points app with the nfl and and NBA and MLB sections, but mostly NBA and NFL, obviously, at this point with the scorers page where you can follow games, uh, communicate with other fans, uh, follow, you know, get reactions from writers and video and all that good stuff during the games, as well as our news sections on both those sections. So, yeah, good stuff for Clutch Points NBA. Obviously, in full swing at this point, but NFL still holding on here for a few more months. Yep, going uh, to be a fun stretch run here uh, in the league. And uh, like you said, be sure to subscribe to all that. Check out all of our NFL stuff on the website. And uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, here on the next episode of the podcast as we look ahead uh, to Week 12, which uh, should be another fun one uh, around the league. So uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Established Past podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next, year, next time uh, here on the show. <laughs>